0: Hey, I'm Steph. I'm Alex. And this is Not Today. Hey, dude.
1: And we're live. How
0: you doing? (laughs)
1: Welcome! Oh, good, welcome. We are live from the Burj Khalifa today. Oh my
0: god, you love saying we're in different studios. We're not in any we studios. We are
1: in the most beautiful building, the tallest one, right? In Los Angeles. In ever, yep. It's
0: very impressive. We have a view of the Hollywood sign. That's correct. No, we don't. We are sitting and in our in cluttered bedroom. <laughs> it's fine. Oh man, but what was I going to say? Something. Oh, we are recording at a different time than we usually do so if you hear cars in the background no you don't okay
1: yeah you don't it's fine
0: we're not gonna talk <laughs> i about think
1: it. that you know listening you know you might form these memories they're not real
0: they're not they're it's not real really on you you need to talk to your therapist about yes. it okay
1: <laughs> we're starting off with a nice gaslight of the entire audience i How
0: will fun. gaslight my audience if i want to <laughs> <laughs> i can girl boss my way out of anything sure anyway I am excited to talk about today's story because it is about a car crash. (laughs) That sounds bad. No, it... Hear me out.
1: (laughs) We're excited about car crashes. No, hear me out. Hear
0: me out. That sounded bad. But the reason I said that is because I wanted to say at the top, if you have any car crash stories, send them to us because I want to hear about your crazy shit. I was in a car accident once. You were. I don't know if we ever talked about it. If we did, it was a very long time ago, but... I was driving down a very major road and then I was T-boned by a car trying to get across this major road because he ran a stop sign and he like completely shattered my driver's side door and totaled my car and like pushed me off of the road and through these two gigantic trees and I crashed into some woman's fence and it was very scary. And then I had to crawl out of the passenger side and he like completely totaled my car. So that was scary. But yeah. that's definitely, like, not even that crazy of a story. And I've heard so many crazy car crash stories. So those definitely count as survivor stories, guys. So send them in if you have them.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I can't even compete with your story. The two incident, Well, I just did have a car crash on the 405. Shout out LA. Yeah. But it was only at five miles per hour. So yeah, very thankful everything was... Everyone was okay. But the other two before that... Involved uh, stationary objects. Yeah, very that minor I fender bender, into. <laughs> Right,
0: very, very minor fender benders, which is very lucky for you, and I love that for you. Um, and I was very lucky in mine. I mean, obviously, it sucked that my car was totaled, but insurance was good for that, and also I didn't break any bones or anything.
1: Yeah, um, thank God.
0: So that was really good. But anyway, we're going to yeah. be talking about a pretty horrendous car accident today. So buckle up, literally, because. <laughs> We're, we're getting crazy over here. Work it or take it. <laughs> so today we are going to be talking about Kelly Groves and her survival story with her children, actually, in a car accident. But my source for today's story, I got all of my information from the documentary series in an instant. Um, the episode was called Hanging in the Balance. So let's get into it. Kelly Groves is married to her husband, Jason Groves, and the two have three kids, oldest being Sage, who is their oldest daughter, then second in line is their son, Wilder, and their youngest is Milo. And they live in Orange County, which is in Southern California. Kelly is a teacher at the school in her neighborhood, which is a very tight-knit community. The beach is really close by. She sees her students everywhere. It's just a very wholesome environment. And in January of 2012, Sage came home from school with a homework assignment to do a research paper on one of the California missions. So Kelly suggested that they take a day trip to San Luis Obispo. That way, Sage could see what she was writing about firsthand. The trip wasn't necessary, but since Kelly was on maternity leave, she thought it would be fun to take the trip with her girls. And Sage was definitely on board. So Kelly made it a girl's trip with her, Sage, and Milo, who was only a couple of months at the time but Wilder wasn't going to be left out because he and his father were also going to be away that weekend for a BMX tournament. So everything was working out perfectly. Sick. Yeah. Go shred. (laughs) Go shred some fucking bikes, dude. Sweet. Yeah. The only problem was that Kelly's car had broken down three weeks earlier. So she called her sister Carrie to see if it would be all right if they borrowed her car for the trip. And Carrie had this old four-door BMW that she could do without for the weekend. It was about 10 or 11 years old at the time, and it was very comfortable to drive in and felt very safe. So the three of them were like, great, that sounds perfect. Carrie said the only kind of annoying thing about the car was that the back window on Sage's side of the car, where Sage would be sitting, wouldn't roll back up if they rolled it down. But she told Kelly, other than that, everything is totally fine. So you're all set to go. And so the first part of their trip was very quiet. Milo was asleep, Sage watched a movie on the laptop in the back seat, and Kelly just listened to some music. So things were swell. And honestly, uneventful, until part of the 101 highway started turning inland after driving along the beach in Santa Barbara. And as soon as the highway turned inland, the ladies stopped at a rest stop to use the bathroom and get some lunch. And Kelly had rolled down the window on Milo's side because she said Sage's side was the one that wouldn't roll back up. So she's like, okay, Milo's side is fine. But then Milo's side wouldn't roll back up. So then she went over to Sage's side to see if she got it wrong and she rolled down Sage's window, but then that one wouldn't roll back up either. So now both of the back seat windows are down and they're stuck. She even called Carrie and was like, hey, just so you know, both of your windows are stuck. Sorry. But there wasn't anything they could do about it now. So They were like, all right, let's get back on the road, you know? By then, it was just after two o'clock, and they still had about an hour and a half of the trip, so they got back on the road so they could make it to the mission before it closed for the day. Now enter new character. For Brian Gomez, it was almost the end of his day, and he was looking forward to going home because he had the next two days off. He was a tow truck driver, and at around noon that day, he had gotten a call to tow a car from where he was in Santa Maria to Santa Barbara, which is about 70 miles south, But at that point, he had just finished up the job, and he was on his way back northbound towards Santa Maria. The 101 highway in that area has lots of rolling hills and curves, and he was coming up to one of those curves in the road that was also coming onto a small split bridge, and he saw Kelly's small dark blue BMW in the fast lane in front of him, and a large 16-wheeler semi-truck right next to her, and it was drifting into her lane. So from Kelly's perspective, she saw this giant trailer starting to drift toward her and her plan was to slam on the brakes and honk her horn. But before she could do that, this very large trailer hit directly into Kelly's car and kept drifting further into her. And this wasn't a small accident. The trailer ended up pressing Kelly's car into the concrete divider for a few feet as they drove until they came up onto this bridge where the truck ended up plowing through the bridge and Kelly's car was almost completely pushed over the side of the
1: bridge. Oh my god, this all happened on a bridge that she almost fell off
0: of. Yes, and the truck went over the top of her car and then went down in between the two spans of the bridge, taking the whole trailer down with it. Wait, so they fell off? The semi-truck fell off the bridge. What does this
1: bridge look like?
0: So it's two small bridges that are running parallel to each other and there's like a, an opening in the middle. Does that make sense? Oh, shit. Yeah.
1: So the trailer hopped over Kelly's and like, car. Were and they then... going the same direction or yes. they were going opposite? No, no, no. Part? They're
0: both going northbound on the highway and he oh, drifted shit. into her lane and pushed her up against the concrete divider as they were driving and then went over her car and fell down in between the two bridges and like crashed at the bottom. And Brian Gomez said that this looked like a large snake going down into the hole because it was pulling this gigantic trailer behind it. Yeah. So it it was a large truck. And Kelly's car after that didn't even look like a car anymore. It was completely crushed and mangled and hanging off the side of this bridge by the front and back wheel of the driver's side of the car. Oh my god.
1: It's like probably like a or two. Actually, no.
0: I'm incorrect. It was the the front and back wheel of the passenger side of the car. So she was hanging like further into the opening of the bridge. I'm gonna show you her car because I wanted you to also see what this car looked like as I'm telling the story. And for you listening, you can go see that picture on Instagram if you want to see what this car looked like. But I want you to get the full scope of what I'm talking about, okay?
1: Sure. Oh, holy shit. It looks like what car intestines would be it looks like a drag car like a drag racing car crashed those like really super minimal ones so they can go fast like there's literally no top to this car and it's maybe three feet tall
0: yeah it it looks like a transformer chewed it up and spit it out and now it's hanging off the side of a bridge yeah so that's what the car looked like
1: but like they stayed on the bridge by like probably a few feet
0: Yes, so the front tire and the back tire of the passenger side of the car was holding on to the bridge, and then the other side of the car was, like, hanging off off the bridge.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Okay, now that we get a a very clear picture of what this crash looks like, we, we can keep going. So Brian saw this all happening, because he was pretty much directly behind as this happened, and he immediately slammed on his brakes and just stared for a moment at this horrifying scene, Because, like we said, Kelly's car looked like it was completely flattened from the top. He flipped on his hazard lights because he didn't want anyone else coming through that scene. And just after that, the semi-truck below the bridge exploded. It exploded?
1: Was it carrying gas? Or like what?
0: Well, I think it's just because it like crashed at the bottom. All the mixture of things just exploded. Whoa. And... He thought there was no way that anyone survived that crash. He knew that the driver of the semi-truck definitely didn't survive because the fall was far and it had exploded. But he had no idea who was in the small car that was still hanging on the bridge. But from the looks of it, it looked like no one could possibly survive. But he had no idea how many people were in the car, who was in the car, if they were okay, if they were even alive. It was so mangled he couldn't even tell what kind of car it was. So he immediately called 911 and told them that there had been a huge accident that he believed was fatal. Kelly, on the other hand, had just opened her eyes. And from the way her car was positioned and hanging off, off of the bridge, if she looked up, she could see the road above her. And if she looked down, she saw her feet hanging out of the car through a hole that was in the floor. Huh? She knew then that they were dangling off of the side of a bridge because the yeah. hole in the floor showed... <laughs> the opening of a bridge
1: <laughs> yeah it was kind of obvious <laughs> it was like she saw the hole yeah and sh- then she knew oh well like yeah
0: well she opened her eyes she had no idea what happened and then she's yeah, just dangling just can't over and imagine that the side moment of for her right she also could see the truck below her feet and felt the heat of the flames after the truck had exploded underneath
1: her oh she could feel that yes oh, wow
0: yeah And as soon as she saw that, the reality of the situation really set in as she yelled for Sage. And for a few moments, it was silent, and all Kelly could do was sit there and frantically yell for Sage to answer her. She turned her head to look into the back seat where Sage had been sitting, but when she turned around, there was nothing but mangled metal. She couldn't see anything. And the engine was now sitting almost in the passenger seat next to her. So oh my God. Th- she couldn't see into the back seat at all. Like there was metal in front of everything. Terrifying. When Kelly didn't hear Sage call back to her, she thought that Sage may have been thrown from the car, but she had no idea. Or worse than that, she had a moment where she thought that Sage could be down underneath her where the semi-truck was, but she had to keep thinking, no, she has to be up on the road because she's not in the car. But she's still screaming for Sage, and thankfully, during that screaming, she hears Milo cry. Because she also can't see Milo, but she right, hears yeah, her. Right,
1: yeah, I was about to ask. That's good.
0: And as she reached her arm behind her to feel for Milo, she saw a small patch of Sage's blonde hair sticking out from the seats and the metal that had been smashed on top of where she had been. The truck had literally gone over where Sage was sitting and crushed the car onto her. Ugh. So immediately, Kelly gets this horrifying sinking feeling that her daughter is trapped in this crushed metal and could potentially be dead, but she managed to get her hand in and feel Sage's head and yells for her to wake up and screams for anyone to help them. At that point, Brian Gomez had pulled his tow truck to the north side of the bridge to get it away from where the cops would be pulling up, and he was walking up to the car to see if anyone was alive. And that's when he heard Kelly screaming for help. So he immediately ran back to his truck and called 911 again and told them that there was a woman trapped in the car with her baby and they were dangling over the edge of the bridge and they needed to get there now. So he comes back out to Kelly's car and yells down to her that the police were on the way. Another man had also pulled over to the side of the road when he saw the crash and came up to the car and was trying to reach into the car to try to feel for the kids but Brian yelled for him to stop because they didn't know how stable the car was and it, if it fell, it would almost definitely kill all of them. Yeah. This man did manage to get his hand into the car enough and yelled to Kelly that he was holding Sage's hand and it was still warm. So at yep. least there's that. Yep. Meanwhile, the police had just gotten the call from 911 telling them that there had been an accident on the 101, and they said that the details of the accident weren't clear at all, but they could tell that it was urgent but they had no idea what this crash actually looked like or anything, but they could just tell from the dispatcher's voices that it was an urgent situation. Yeah, get there now. Yeah. And thankfully, the crash site was only two miles away from the police station. So as Highway Patrol Sergeant Don Clotworthy walked outside to go to his car, he saw a black plume of smoke in the distance. Oh, shit. (laughs) He said it looked as if someone had, had dropped a bomb.
1: Wow, I can't believe the explosion was that big. They're two miles away and they can see the plume? Yeah. Wow.
0: Yes, so they rushed to the scene and got there as soon as possible. As police were arriving on the scene, Brian was trying to keep Kelly calm and telling her that the police were very close now and to try to keep her from looking down, he told her to keep looking at him. And that's when Kelly heard a very muffled voice coming from the backseat say, Mom, Sage was alive but weak and underneath a bunch of metal. So Sage was almost lying on her stomach and her arms were outstretched in front of her. And she was slowly being suffocated by the metal that was pinning her down.
1: But she's laying on her stomach. Did she have a seatbelt on? She
0: was still like in her seat, but her her body came forward and her arms were out in front of her. Hmm. And she was pinned down in that position. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. But like, her legs are under her. It's like her torso flapped forward.
0: Yeah, her torso flew forward, and her arms flew forward, and then she was pinned down. She's just crushed underneath metal is the point. Sure. And she's being suffocated because it's like very much pressing down on her. All Kelly could do was yell to Sage that she was here, but Sage said back, I can't breathe. Because the metal was pushing on her so much that she couldn't get any big breaths in or out. So she- I can't even imagine how frantic- oh my god
1: the you would be me well like literally just anyone oh
0: yeah it it sounds like a nightmare like a, an actual nightmare <laughs> especially for someone who's claustrophobic like yeah. myself <laughs> that yeah. sounds mama's
1: gonna have to bend some fucking metal right now
0: or something that is not great So Kelly tried reaching her hand in through all of the crushed up metal to feel for Sage's face. That way she could try to push anything away from what was in front of her face to help her breathe as much as possible. But there really wasn't much she could do.
1: Yeah, I'd imagine you'd probably want to, like, pull it away from her chest, though, not her face.
0: Absolutely, but she
1: couldn't. Because
0: unless... Kelly becomes literally the Hulk. There's no pulling the metal off of Sage's chest.
1: True. So It is a, a car.
0: Yeah, exactly. Then Kelly reached around to where Milo was, and when she pulled her hand back out through the metal, it was covered in blood. Oh. Which, I'm going to give you the best possible spoiler alert here. Milo is perfectly fine. That's great. Milo's fine.
1: I will sanction that spoiler.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to allow this spoiler because... She's a baby, Baby. and we want this baby. She's like a couple months old. Yep. She's a little tiny baby thing. She's, yes, bleeding, but okay. Totally fine. Makes it out alive. Miracle. Love that.
1: Fucking miracle.
0: Yes, totally fine. So anyway, we're going to get back to Sage and Kelly and everything, but Milo's okay. But Kelly didn't know that. So this is all very scary, and nobody can see anyone. Yep. Nobody can see Sage. Nobody can see Milo, even from looking from above. It just looks like... crushed up metal. So not good. But thankfully to Kelly, who obviously couldn't see Milo, she was still crying and breathing, which is a good sign. Finally, the police and firemen got to the scene, but now they hear popping from down below the bridge as the tires of the semi-truck were heating up and exploding underneath the car. So it's still exploding and
1: on fire. Are they above like a river or is it just like a valley?
0: It's a ravine. So I think there might've been water
1: but not Which much, mark, but not much. It okay. was like a
0: small river, if anything.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know why I imagine this going over a body of water. No, not really. Okay, cool.
0: Which is even worse.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, I guess it depends, but... Well, it's just not good. Not Nothing's in, good in this yeah, situation. you fall off a bridge, yeah. it tends to not go well.
0: That's true. We can agree on that. <laughs> the rescue team's first idea was to get a crane onto the bridge. That way they could attach it to the car to ensure that it wouldn't fall off the side. But the Caltrans engineer said, hell no, he could not authorize that idea because the bridge already had damage to it on both sides. So if they brought a 30 ton crane onto it, it could bring down the entire bridge.
1: Thank you, Caltech engineer. Yes. 30 tons? Yeah. It's a big boy.
0: So after that idea was shot down, they're like, what do we do now? And that's when they saw Brian Gomez's tow truck on the north side of the bridge. And when he got out of his car to see if Kelly was okay, he had left it running. So one of the highway patrol officers got in and started backing it up onto the bridge.
1: But So they just took his tow truck. Oh yeah. They were him. like,
0: This is for us now. But yeah. they didn't know how to operate the truck, so when Brian saw this happening, he was like, Hey, I can totally help you do that and they were like, sick. Get also on in.
1: like, you know, that is my truck.
0: Right. Well, <laughs> that's not the issue right now. It's, I know. Who cares? But he was like, I know how to operate that Mm. thing. You want me to do it? And they were like,
1: (laughs) clearly you need help.
0: (laughs) Yeah. He's like, hell yeah, we do. So Brian got in Then they backed up the truck to get it as close as possible to the crash site and got any chains or ropes or anything they had to attach it to the car to try to secure it so it wouldn't fall off. Firemen had a ton of climbing ropes, so they literally tied ropes around any part of the car that they thought would hold it and attached it to the tow truck. But they had no idea how long this would hold because if that car started falling, a couple of climbing ropes would most likely do nothing. Nothing, yeah. So, but they didn't have any other options. So they're like, at least this is better than nothing. nothing. Yes. Were <laughs> you we finishing each other's oh my sentences? Oh, so cute. Oh, my God. Kelly was stuck in this car looking over the edge and seeing how far they would actually drop if the car shifted and was thinking about all
1: the worst possible outcomes. How can you not?
0: Oh, I don't blame
1: her. You're looking at the bottom of a ravine through what used to be your car.
0: Yeah, her little little toesies are just kicking through a hole in the floor. Are you dead? (sighs) Yeah, so... She wanted the officers and the firemen to help her so badly, but things were moving extremely slowly because of how precarious the car was, and there really wasn't anything they could do at this point.
1: Yeah, where are the jaws of life right now? Excuse me, I think you have the jaws of life. might be time to use them.
0: Right, well, they were gonna start, like, cutting into the car with big metal cutters and things, but they were scared to do that because... The more pressure and like stuff they put on the car,
1: got to get it. It might fall. Yeah. So
0: it was it was extremely precarious, and they were they were really worried that it would fall, and it, it was shifting. The car was shifting.
1: Oh, so, so it's like okay,
0: yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't like lack of action because they were like I don't know. They were just like hey, well, we don't want to like, kill them. I
1: don't know. Well, and yes. we don't. <laughs> That's so like. I don't know, if frustrating is the wrong word, but like Well
0: yeah, it is frustrating. But yeah. they also had very limited supplies, so they're they're trying to do the best with what they have at the moment. But we're gonna get there, so let's just keep going. Kelly managed to loop her arm around the top of Milo's car seat somehow because she had remembered that Milo's window was down and, you know, Milo's on the side of the bridge that was like kind of teetering. Hmm. And she was terrified that her car seat wasn't going to be able to hold her in and she would either fall out of the window or the car seat entirely would fall out of the car with Milo in it. So she has one hand on Milo's car seat and then she's going back and forth between tapping on Milo's chest and like slapping her face and cheeks and sticking fingers in her mouth anything to get her to get a reaction out of Milo to make sure that she is still alive and then she would go back to sage and try to find some sense of life in her as well so she just keeps going back and forth between her her daughters and trying to keep them alive and awake and alert and the entire time sage was in and out of consciousness because she really was not doing well And when Sage would go quiet, Kelly would start panicking even more. So she just kept talking to her and trying to get her to stay awake and repeat help over and over. That way, Kelly knew she was alive and awake. One of the firefighters on the scene, Greg Newclose, had been a firefighter for 19 years. And he said that this was by far the worst crash he had ever seen. He told Kelly that they were going to tie the ropes onto her car and they were moving as fast as they could to get her daughters out of the car. And all Kelly cared about was getting her, her children out of the car. She was obviously panicked, but she never lost control, and she was very much awake and alert to the situation and trying her best to hold everything together while still begging the firefighters to get her kids out. So, super mom, really. Finally, the firefighters got these gigantic metal cutters, and they started to try to cut and pull pieces off of the car. It's a tool that was trying to like cut and push and pull the metal in any way they could to just get it off of Sage, essentially. They just wanted to get the metal off of Sage. But this was still going very slowly, like we said, because they didn't want the car to fall off of the bridge. And they were talking about this as they're, you know, trying to make this happen. But Sage and Kelly are right there so they can hear them talking about it. And Sage actually had no idea that they were dangling off of a bridge, so when they were like, "Oh, the car could fall," like we don't want the car to fall, Sage didn't understand what that meant, because she's like, "What do you mean fall? Where is it gonna fall?"
1: Oh God. Well, at least she didn't internalize the reality.
0: Yeah, I mean, she was very been even young. More scary. Yeah. Like she was probably like ten or eleven or. 12, I mean, she's old enough to understand that. Definitely old yeah. enough to understand, but she couldn't see anything and she didn't know. So probably good. Yeah, and at one point they had to stop cutting completely because the car had shifted and it seemed like it was going to fall. But Kelly could hear all this conversation, and she heard one of the firefighters saying, if we don't move fast, we're going to lose them. And Kelly was like, I can hear you. Don't say that. You have to keep going. Please don't stop.
1: Like, hello. (laughs) I'm here.
0: Yeah. Save me. Well, yeah, I just, I'm sure that the firefighters weren't even thinking about the fact that kelly could literally hear them saying everything
1: yeah i mean what are you gonna do like go off and have a huddle no i, I guess know. not but like gotta be able to like make a plan quick and for act sure. on it
0: yeah i'm not saying they were wrong in doing that but it it's just but makes the situation even scarier for kelly
1: yeah literally people just like talking about your life
0: At this point, the rescue team is getting desperate and doing things they had never done before to try to get the kids out of the car. At one point, they even put a ladder between the span of the two bridges and were contemplating having one of their firefighters go out onto this ladder to cut into the vehicle where Milo was. It's a little risky. It's a little precarious itself. But everyone on the rescue team was really holding their breath about the rescue of Milo because she wasn't really making much noise anymore. And from the way the crash looked, almost everyone expected this baby to not make it because no one could see milo so no one knew the extent of her wounds kelly is still losing her mind and all she could do was scream about how she couldn't live without her girls and she couldn't do this anymore but greg the firefighter was able to get through to her by saying you need to dig down deep and find the strength to keep fighting for your girls And she needed to hear that because it finally set in that if the car falls, there's nothing she can do about it, but all she can do right now is try to keep her girls alive. So she just kept switching back and forth between their chests and their heads and just to make sure that they were breathing. And not only that, but Kelly was in, I'm sure as you can imagine, excruciating pain herself. She could barely move because her pelvis was 100% broken and she knew it.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. A lot. And of she's pain. turning around. Oh yeah. Oof. honey. She,
0: when I say she was like super mom in this moment, she was literally like she didn't it give a no shit. Pain. Yeah, she didn't give a shit about her pelvis. She's like, I'm going to make sure that my daughters stay alive. But just north of the accident, there were about eight military vehicles that were watching the rescue attempt. Michael McCracken and his Navy CB team were on their way back from their training when they came across the accident, and. I didn't know what a CB was, but it's like the construction engineer side of the Navy that not many people know about. And they decided they'd walk up and see if they could help in any way. And as they got closer, they saw that the car was slipping which with each cut that the rescue team made. So they knew that they needed to assist because they had a forklift on their truck, which could definitely help. So they approached one of the officers who didn't really listen to them saying that they could help. And he told them just go direct traffic because he's at this point, he's like, we have a rescue team happening, like too many cooks, just go direct traffic. The officers said they had a system for rescue missions and they didn't like to go out of that because that would be more unpredictable in their minds. But I think in this situation, you kind of have to go into creative mode to get it done. Like,
1: yeah, (laughs) I mean, they, they said themselves, they'd never seen a crash like this.
0: Right. And they said they were already being like, desperate in like putting a ladder over the bridges and like tying ropes to the car like
1: yeah you need help we're a little past plan a and b
0: right exactly but these cbs who were all parents by the way and like once they heard that there were children in the car they were like all right we got to spring into action so they were like no we're gonna go get the forklift so they go back to their car their cars plural And they unloaded it from the back of their truck and again approached the officers to say, hey, we have this thing and we can help you. And this new officer was like, I don't understand how a forklift can help in this situation because he was picturing like a commercial forklift that you might see at Costco. But this forklift that they had was an industrial strength forklift and was used to unload heavy equipment like military equipment and it's huge and has this big arm with forks on the end that extend around 25 feet each week i speak to inspirational people each one of them has been on their own remarkable journey they've all chosen to share their stories with one aim that if people can relate and get comfort from it if it can help someone as one of my guests said there's so much going on in the world We should be focusing on helping one another and making each other better. Each one is a superhero, not because they have special powers, it's because in spite of what they've gone through, they keep on going. I find them remarkable. Please listen to Chatterholic and hear their stories.
1: Wow, this is like the length of a semi, right? 25 feet?
0: Yeah. It was a big industrial thing that could help for sure. And so Michael McCracken's idea was to go on the other side of the bridge and stabilize the car from there. That way the rescue team cutting into the car had more time
1: and stability. The expanse is like less than 25 feet.
0: Yeah. It's pretty small, Whoa! but it's like big enough that the truck went through it and a car was dangling. So they're basically going to bring this forklift on the other side, extend the arm, and put the forks pretty much underneath the car and hold it up. up. Yep. So they said, let's get it. And he ran back to where the trucks were to get things moving. But when Michael got back to the forklift, the group of men standing around it kind of had an awkward moment of like, okay, so who's going to get in the forklift and do the thing? But since everyone hesitated, Michael was like, all right, I'm going to do it. And he just hopped in and started driving it. This was about an hour after the accident had happened, but it definitely raised the hopes of everyone involved because it seemed like this was the tool they needed to actually get the rescue done. So Michael lined up the forklift with the car on the other bridge and extended the arm right underneath the car, pretty much holding it up. But they had the blades go right underneath, barely touching the car because they were worried that if the forks shifted the car and held it up too much, that that would
1: also make the car fall. So they kind of have like a safety net now.
0: Yes. And also, as they put the forks in under the car, Greg, the firefighter, had to scream for them to stop because the fork almost took off Kelly's feet. Oh. Because remember, her feet were dangling out of a hole in the floor. And she told them, no, I think I can lift my legs. And she had to scream as she lifted up her legs with her hands to get her feet up up high enough. Broken pelvis. Yeah. To get her feet up high enough that they could put the fork right underneath where her feet were. But now this car was as stable as it was going to get, and Kelly was still awake. Mila was breathing because she could still feel it, but no one could see Sage and had no idea how she was doing. They just knew that she was being suffocated. So Sage was their number one priority. And they finally were able to start cutting again. Kelly told her that she needed to yell so that they knew exactly where she was. And thankfully, Sage was able to keep saying help very quietly in her like little muffled little kid voice. And finally, Kelly saw the light shine into the car in a new way, and she knew that they had finally removed a big piece of metal on the car. And she heard someone scream, I can see her, I can see her. So very quickly after that, Kelly saw the rescue team pull Sage's limp body out of this tiny hole through the wreckage, and then she was gone. And Greg screamed back down to Kelly that Sage was alive and was going into the helicopter now. So that, that's a big sigh of relief for everyone. Big one getting choked up over there yep (laughs) i don't blame you when i was watching i was like oh shit
1: yeah i know it's children yeah you know
0: yeah no i mean it's very emotional and kelly was losing her mind but this is a very big win but they weren't done yet but brian gomez the tow truck driver from the beginning saw sage's doll on the ground it must have like flown out of the window as the car was being crushed and so he picked it up and ran over to the paramedics (laughs) (laughs) And he put it with Sage right before she was loaded up and put into the helicopter.
1: Okay. This is a movie script. <laughs> I know, isn't
0: it? It's insane. But now they had to get Milo out and everyone was terrified because they really didn't know what they were going to find. Right. Greg, the firefighter. <laughs> I keep having to remember, like, the rem- remind you who everyone is because it's a lot of names. Greg, the firefighter, asked Michael, the CB, if he could climb out onto the arm of the forklift to continue working from there to get Milo. And Michael was like, go for it. As long as you have something tied to you, you can, it'll hold you for sure.
1: Sign this waiver. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Just sign your life away and you're cool. So he literally climbed over the car. He climbed like literally onto the car and over it and then got onto the fork arm from there. Wow. Yeah.
1: This is a ballsy move by Greg.
0: Extremely
1: ballsy. But we love it. We love the initiative. Yes. The the bravery. (laughs) Could you imagine somebody talking about this after Greg told them the story in an interview? Like, he takes initiative, you know? (laughs) He literally risked his life. He's a team player. (laughs) Yeah. Risk taker.
0: Because the back window had been rolled down, he was able to get to Milo. And he told...
1: <laughs> How stupid is that? That like, just because their car was like broken, that this is easier now. I know. Like That's it's, insane.
0: I know. That is the thing that is so crazy to me about this spe- like specific scene and scenario. Because there are so many things that had to go exactly right for this situation to happen. Like her, her windows were rolled down, which gave them access to Milo. The forklift guy was right behind him and was able to call 911 immediately. Or not forklift, the tow truck guy. He was able to use the tow truck and like attach ropes to it in the first place. The military men, if this happened 10 minutes later, they probably would have been gone. Like they wouldn't have even been yeah. at the scene of this, the thing. The so police they, they station the is two
1: miles away. The
0: police station is two miles away. Like there were so many little things that had to happen to make this in, like perfect rescue, you know? So anyway- The windows open and Greg can access Milo from there. So he told Kelly that you need to let go of Milo now because this entire time, Kelly was still holding onto her car seat to keep it from falling out. And this part was definitely the scariest because they had nothing to attach to Milo. So Greg literally had to pull her out with his bare hands and hold onto her really tightly so he didn't drop her off of the bridge. But he told Kelly, don't worry, I'm not gonna drop her. As if that (laughs) meant anything.
1: Well, I guess it's better than nothing. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean,
0: he's doing his best, but he had to cut the straps away. And then he took his gloves off to get a better grip on the baby because this was a really small opening and there was no way they could like attach anything to Milo. So he literally had to reach down into it and there wasn't a lot of room to get a good grip on her. So he made the decision to hold on with everything he could and just lift her up. But he managed to pull Milo out of the car and hold on to her. And when everyone saw Milo, it was a huge sigh of relief because at first, when he pulled her out, her eyes were closed and everyone thought the worst. Uh. But then he lifted her up and her eyes shot open and her arms went out and everyone cheered because oh she God, was this completely is like, fine.
1: It's <laughs> like a fucked up Lion King scene. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs>
1: Oh, God. That's amazing. Ah, I can't even imagine that. Yeah, I know. So this moment of elation.
0: Yeah. So, Greg managed to very carefully pass her off to one of the firefighters that was still on the bridge. And they took Milo into an ambulance to be assessed. But now they had to get Kelly out.
1: How relieved is she, though?
0: Oh, my God. Kelly, in this moment, was like she could breathe because she felt that even if she died, it was okay because her daughters were alive and on the bridge and in like the care of rescue team.
1: Yeah, I was, so, I was just about to say that. I'm like, she probably does not give a shit whether she gets no, out.
0: No, she, she even said that. She's like, if this car fell right now, I'd be fine because my daughters are are fine. They're safe. Yeah. But the rescue team wasn't going to let that happen. They're, <laughs> they're like, yo, Kelly, hold on for just a Actually, couple more minutes.
1: Yeah, no, we're going to, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So the firefighters asked her if she wanted to come through the hole that they had cut out for Sage or if she wanted to come through the windshield. And Kelly looked back at the small hole that they had cut out for Sage and said there was absolutely no way she'd be able to get out that way because she couldn't move her legs. So they laid a big thick blanket over the shards of metal and glass coming out of the windshield, and Greg, who was still on the arm of the forklift, helped maneuver her legs out as the firefighters on the bridge pulled her arms out and they got Kelly out of the car. Greg said honestly they didn't even have to do much because Mm -hmm. she almost climbed out on her own. But they got her out, and she's on the bridge. Wow! But yeah, she was the easiest one. She was very much. But Kelly was in bad shape. You could tell just by looking at her that something was seriously wrong as she just laid on the gurney, because you could see the top half of her body was like shifted off of the bottom half oh, of her body. Oh no! Yeah, she looked as if she was lying on her side, but her legs were completely flat. So ah. her, so
1: her body was twisted. No. Yeah. Yeah, no. That's unfun. Oh god, she probably has like a shit ton of internal bleeding too. Uh
0: no. no? She didn't.
1: Oh, well that's lucky. Very lucky.
0: They they got very lucky. For for how unlucky they were, they got extremely lucky. <laughs> so they told Kelly that they were going to airlift her in the second helicopter that they had, and Milo would find would follow behind in an ambulance. And she was like, Oh my god, no, take my baby in the helicopter. But the paramedics told her, Milo is completely fine. It looks like she has just a couple of scratches, but you are seriously injured and you're going. So they took her in the helicopter. She she wasn't really in a position to argue. You are
1: not calling the shots anymore. She
0: (laughs) she was not in any position to argue. And they're like, hey, mama, you're going. So they took her (laughs) off. In the emergency room, Kelly learned that Milo was in fact completely fine. She just had a few scratches on her head, which is insane if you think about it
1: again this whole this whole lucky unlucky oh yeah enough
0: right sage was in surgery but things were going well they told her that at the time and it seemed that she only had a few broken bones she told the doctors to call her husband and when they got a hold of him they told him his family had been in a fender bender and sage had broken her leg (laughs) but that they advised he come down to the hospital so he hears that and he's like So everything's totally fine.
1: Um, Okay. Are we just gonna omit the details about your wife literally being almost split in two? What about that?
0: I think their reasoning in that situation was, we don't want to tell him the extent of the damage and injuries because we don't want him driving like a crazy person and then getting into an accident himself.
1: That's fair.
0: Yeah. But so when he heard this like non urgent phone call seemingly. He was like, is it okay if I come tomorrow morning since we're going to be going that way for the BMX trip anyway? Can I just... just
1: Is he going to be like, you know, I'm actually watching the game and I just opened a beer? Like... Like, kind of. Can you wait 15 minutes? No, he said, can you
0: wait until the morning? Like, he was like, can we just not right now? (laughs) But that's when the doctor said, no, you got to come now and we suggest that someone else drive you. When he got to the hospital, though... They finally told him that it wasn't just a fender bender and that his family had, in fact, been in a really bad accident and Sage was still in surgery. So Greg was like, what do you mean she's still in surgery? You called me hours ago and told me she was in surgery and she's still in surgery? Like, what is happening? And so the doctors told him that Sage's injuries were far more extensive than they initially thought and it wasn't just a broken leg. Sage's pelvis had been shattered her femur was smashed and they had to insert a rod her tendons on her left foot were slashed so she had no movement in her foot and she had over a hundred stitches throughout her body where the glass had cut up yeah kelly also had a shattered pelvis but other than that she just had a few stitches on her knee and her elbow which considering is pretty lucky Mm. you know thankfully kelly's night nurse told her that she could take her down to see sage since she had finally come out of surgery And they rolled Kelly's entire bed into the room with Sage because Kelly was like, what do you mean? I can't walk. And they're like, we'll just take the whole damn thing. (laughs) And Kelly was overjoyed to see Sage and finally was able to hold her hand. And she also said that she was so grateful that there wasn't a single scratch on Sage's face. So it was just still like her angelic little daughter. Like, I mean, it was still very sad to see her laying in a hospital bed, but she was very grateful that it was just what looked like just her daughter, you know? Yeah. And Milo... Was released just 24 hours after she was admitted because she didn't even need stitches like she was fine yo milo's vibing i know milo is straight up having a good time but actually no one came out of this without some type of scar even sage's american girl doll ruthie had a black burn mark on the back of her leg oh no <laughs> so even ruthie had something Kelly's husband Jason didn't know the magnitude of the accident until the next day when he saw a picture of the crash and the car hanging off of the bridge with Kelly still in the car on the front page of a newspaper.
1: Did no one tell him?
0: I don't know. Like, how did this happen? They probably told him that it was like a big major crash, but like didn't give him any crazy details. And then he saw the picture and he was like, "What?"
1: what it's like, guys. <laughs> Maybe it's, it should have let me know. <laughs> Maybe
0: should have led with this one. <laughs> like, yeah. But back at the crash site, the rescue team was so relieved that all they had to do was now clean up and also gather evidence as to what caused this crash. So the lab tests determined that the driver of the semi had nearly four times the amount of meth in his body than what you'd see in someone who abused meth. Wow. So like a lot of meth. Jesus Christ. Yes.
1: Wait, how do they, I thought he exploded. How do they even tell that he had that much meth in his system if his body's like charred? Like I mean, he was in an explosion big enough to see two miles away mm-hmm. and he fell down. Into I mean, it,
0: it was a, it was a big truck. So, I mean, the, I don't know what part of the truck exploded, what, how, what his remains looked like, things like that, because that wasn't in any of the sources, but.
1: So like the level was like, even somebody who's like heavily addicted to meth. Four times like more than that. Four, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Christ.
0: So there was no doubt that this driver was highly impaired and because of that caused a terrible collision. But there isn't any more information on who this driver was or anything like that. But that is what caused the crash. Kelly said she doesn't hold any anger for this person. And she's just sad that someone died that day when they didn't have to. And Kelly didn't know what movie Sage was watching in the backseat that day until her laptop was recovered from the wreck. And her friend was able to get the DVD out of it. And it was the series of unfortunate events.
1: You are fucking joking me.
0: And she thought that was very ironic because that's exactly what this was. Isn't that ironic? A series of very unfortunate events. But since then, they've had very good times or a series of very fortunate events, if you will. Kelly did file a lawsuit against the trucking company and won $1 million because of that. And sometime in the summer of 2012, Kelly threw a barbecue for all of the responders and rescuers that were there that day and saved her children's lives. And she thanked every single one of them that day, because now she has a life with her children. And she said they did so much more than just be at the right place at the right time. They gave her her tomorrows. Because of them, she gets to experience her kids' whole lives. And she's endlessly grateful for that. And that is the story of Kelly Groves and her children.
1: Yeah. Amen. Going to that barbecue has to be the reason that you're a rescue person at all. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's got to be the most rewarding.
0: Yeah. Every one of those rescuers pretty much had a family of their own. So after that day, they just really went home and, you know, hugged their their loved ones a little harder, you know. Mm. But yeah, isn't that crazy how many things had to be perfectly aligned for it to be the way it was?
1: I mean this this seems to happen in every single one of our stories. Well, yeah. Like it just always like and then I'm this one's making me think of uh forget his name, but the guy who was internally decapitated in a truck accident. Oh
0: yeah. That was Brock Meister.
1: Ah, uh, I love that name. Yes. Um but yeah, Brock, I mean, he again was internally decapitated. It seemed like the way that they got him out of the car, Mm -hmm. like the way that the accident happened, like all these details like added up to him just barely getting there.
0: Yeah. For those of you who didn't hear that episode, that's, that's number 39, episode 39. It was a good one.
1: Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this, this one was even more, but. I know. If ever to believe things happen for a reason. Yeah. There you go.
0: There you go. But yeah, again, if you guys have a story of a car crash, doesn't have to be this crazy. I would prefer if you weren't dangling off a bridge, but if you were and want to share that, let me know. But anyway...
1: And we're glad you live, And we're
0: super glad you guys are glad alive. Glad you're still here. So glad you're here. We love and appreciate every single
1: one life. of you. Just life in general.
0: <laughs> well, yes, life in general, but also all of you. But anyway, what is your good thing?
1: Uh, my good thing this week, which I have actually thought of before the broadcast Oh today, my God. Um, I don't have to <laughs> audible like <laughs> scramble for an answer, but um, I have to quit drinking because I'm going on this medication... I haven't drank this week and I feel really good. Yeah. So um, that's my good thing. Yeah, that's awesome. Imagine that. I know. But you know, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's more of like a forced New Year's resolution. But yeah, I've been feeling (laughs) really good this week. That's awesome.
0: Hell yeah. My good thing is that I am spending more time at home. You know, I'm working from home right now, which is really nice. And I really enjoy being able to like spend more time with you and hang out.
1: That's yes.
0: But yeah, I'm just very grateful for that and Me too. Uh, looking forward to the future anyway thank you guys so much for listening if you would like to look at all the pictures we post of all the stories we talk about check us out on instagram at not today underscore podcast if you or anyone you know has a story of survival please send it to us at notodaypodcast at gmail.com we have a tiktok that is not today podcast and a twitter that is not today podcast with a t on the end of podcast
1: as a three because that makes because sense because that makes sense
0: and just keep breathing yeah
1: yeah